Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Amen. Amen. Come on, lift one hand. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine, that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the house of the Lord. Grab your Bible, open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Flip down to verse number 24. It's foundation verse for us in the year of the arena. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain. One translation says run to win. Somebody say run to win. If you're going to be in a race, you ought to run to win. Come on, somebody. And if you did not know, you are in the fight of your life. Come on, somebody. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But you are in the fight of your life. So in the year of the arena, it's imperative to understand that as long as you have a beat in your heart and a breath in your lungs, you will be in the arena or you are called into the arena. There is no longer a time for Christians to sit on the sidelines of life. It's time to get get in and take up your place in the arena. The, the concept of running to win means that you have to recognize there is some competition. And there's competition for a lot. There's competition for your thoughts. In the, in the big picture, there's competition for your soul. Come on, somebody. But once you become a, a kingdom citizen, once you become born again, once you become a child of God, now all of a sudden there's competition for your thoughts, there's competition for your peace, there's competition for your will, there's competition for your witness. You can lose your witness just like that. I'm not saying you can't get it back, but sometimes it's challenging. There's competition for your efforts. Everything's trying to to grab a hold of your efforts, your creativity. There's competition that's constantly trying to keep you stuck in one spot. There's competition that's trying to push you into a spot you shouldn't go in. Competition all the time. So you've got to understand that you are in the middle of the arena. You are in the middle of a fight. You are in the, you are in the middle of a lifelong wrestling match. Come on, somebody. So the question is, how do we win? If he says run to win, the question is, how do we win? Well, first off, I want to give you just one quick key. Uh, so we've been in 1 Corinthians. I want you to open your Bible now to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. Matthew, chapter number 6. Everybody say, not cute, but effective. If you didn't bring your Bible, you can pull it up on the, on the New Heights Church app. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. It's wonderful when you read it on the screen up here. It's a whole other level when you're reading it in your own hand. Because now, now it starts to develop that, not just that muscle memory, but that mind memory where you're reading it. You remembered going there. All these little things. It's kind of like whenever you go to, like if somebody gives you directions to their house. The first time you go, you need directions. The second time you go, you might need a refresher. The third time you go, you'll just drive there. 
So that's one of the greatest reasons to bring your Bible to church. That's one of the greatest reasons why you're watching a live stream, to have uh, either, either uh, another device or your Bible with you so you can find those scriptures. You don't want to try to figure out how to, how to study, how to read the Bible when you need the Bible. Come on, somebody. You need to read the Bible. Then when you need the Bible, which is all the time, but when something happens, now all of a sudden you can go right back to those places of truth and pull from them and pull from them and pull from them and pull from them. But uh, the book of Matthew chapter number six, verse 33 says this, says seek first. Somebody say seek. That means we're not just going to, that means we're not going to just, if we land on it, we'll get it. You know, the Bible says it rains on the just and unjust a lot. It's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking about when you seek and pursue a thing. The first thing that you got to pursue in your life, if you're going to have victory in the arena, is you, gotta, you have to first pursue the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has to be first place in all categories. First place, first place in your family life. First place when it comes to what you do for a living and how you do it for a living. First place in the decisions you make about your future. First place in the decision making of your life. But you have to seek the kingdom. A lot of times... People see a closed door and they get discouraged when he says, knock, and it will be opened. Just because the door is closed does not mean it will open. The question is, have you knocked? Because the first thing you're going to have to do to have victory in the arena is seek the kingdom first. Somebody say first. First. The kingdom has to be first. The kingdom has to be first before your favorite hobby. The kingdom has to be first before, before anything and everything else. And, and, and I understand that I'm repeating myself, but I'm trying to impress upon you. Matter of fact, with everything that I have, I implore you that you understand to have victory, the kingdom can't be second. The kingdom cannot be second. There are things in your future that I'd love to tell you won't happen, but there will be things that happen in your life that you will not ignore, that you will not enjoy. And if the kingdom is not first, you will wonder where he is. But if the kingdom has been placed first place, you will go through it hand in hand with him. God is not a butler. God is not a janitor. He is not there to pick up the cereal when you spill it on aisle three. That's not his only purpose. You don't just call God when there's a problem. You don't just, you don't just, you don't just reach out to the kingdom when there's a problem. Now, can you when there's a problem? Even if, yeah, absolutely. Will he answer? Yes. Call on me and I'll answer. 100%. 
But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all of you guys who are ready to jump in the arena and stay there. I'm talking about the kingdom of God has to be first place. And you're going to have to seek the kingdom of God. That means a consistent pursuit of the kingdom of God. With no, with no, with no um, fallback plans. Come on, somebody. If the kingdom fails, then ABC. No, 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 no. The kingdom, the, the word of God cannot fail. And when you get in the kingdom, you become a part of a, of a completely different a completely different kingdom than what you've been a part of before. So you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says, all these things shall be added unto you. Now, in the kingdom of God, it's not an either or. It's not like, can I be blessed or do I have to serve God? Come on, somebody. It is, you are blessed when you serve God. Figuratively, emotionally, psychologically, in your health. And listen to this, literally. Come on, somebody. God will cause the blessing of the Lord to begin to overtake you. But the requirement is, is that you must first seek the kingdom of God. Well, I'm going to give you, I was going to try to go through two, but I'm just going to go through one today. I'm going to give you two, I'm going to, I was going to go through two areas. I'm just going to give you one today. The first place that you have to begin to seek God. And you got to remember Jesus. Let me, let me just give, put a little runway under this plane. When John the Baptist preached, he preached almost the same message every time we have any reference of what he said. He said, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. That means it is near enough to touch. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. When John the Baptist uh, baptized Jesus, and then later after Jesus, after John the Baptist was beheaded and so on, Jesus picked up the same message that John the Baptist preached. Remember John the Baptist, it was prophesied that he would prepare the way of the Lord. Remember this? So he preached, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jesus, whenever he began to preach, he preached, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. This was the primary message of John the Baptist and the primary message of Jesus. John the Baptist was in his mother's womb when he received the Holy Spirit. He prepared the way of the Lord. He was a a stranger in the wilderness, if you will, that had the message of Jesus. And when Jesus walked by the river one day, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. He walked down into the river. Jesus got baptized in the river by John the Baptist. The Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove and rested on Jesus. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and he defeated the devil with the word of God. And when he came out of that, after he was strengthened, he began to preach, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Everybody say repent. That word in the original language is the word metanoe. Metanoe. And it literally means to change what you think or how you think. Meta means change. Noe means think, thought process, knowledge. So what he was saying is, change how you think. The kingdom is at hand. 
Because if it's always some allegorical thing up in the stars, it's very difficult for us to put boots to the ground. But if we can change how we think and realize the kingdom is here right this very second, now we can live different. Now we can walk different. So the first place that you got to make some major, you got you to really pay attention to and potentially make some major changes is not necessarily uh, in, 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 in everything that's outside of your control when it comes to seeking the kingdom first. The first thing you got to change is your mind. Your mind will help set you free by agreeing with God's word or it will keep you held hostage to everything else. But your mind works for you. You are not your mind. You are a spirit that will live forever. You have a mind that is connected and is a part of your soul. And you have the right, the power, and the authority to change your mind. But if you're going to seek the kingdom first, and you're going to have victory in the arena, there are some mindsets that you have probably picked up over the last 20 years of your life that you're going to have to change. Because stinking thinking, I know preachers love things that rhyme. Stinking thinking will hold you back. Because Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. I used to play baseball. um, And I went and played in college. And I remember a friend of mine, he was a really good, he was a really good, uh, um, baseball player anyway. He's a very good pitcher. And and he was just he was probably gonna go some places. He was he was that kind of that kind of talent. And man, just something fell apart and he couldn't I mean he couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything right. You you if you put him any other place other than a pitcher's mound and he was phenomenal, but you put him on a pitcher's mound, everything went crazy. And then all of a sudden he went to see a sports psychologist or psychiatrist. I can't remember what, which one it was. But somebody began to talk him through his thoughts. And then he got his thoughts under control. And then the next time he got on the mound, he was that great pitcher again. Now, his body never changed. His hand didn't change. His arm didn't change. We didn't change uniforms. The only thing that changed was his his mind. If you can change your mind, if you can metamorphosize your mind, if you can change how you think, you can walk in victory that the world has never even heard of. But if you think like the world, or if even if you blend the world's thinking with the kingdom thinking, you will have neither. Because it requires a turning away of the world's way of life and a walking towards first and steadfastly the kingdom way of life. And there cannot be anything in between. 
There cannot be, there cannot be negotiating with, world, uh, with the world's ideologies. Either Jesus is the Son of God and serve him all your days or choose not to believe that and you would be better off to just go and eat, drink, and be merry and live your life than you would to even remotely blend it with this kingdom that we're a part of. Because this kingdom is not a kingdom that you can stand in on one foot. You have to get in this kingdom with both feet. You have to seek this kingdom. You have to pursue this kingdom. And when you do, when I tell you things unlock and open up for you, I'm telling you it's as if... I remember when I was in in junior high, I had to get uh, glasses. And I I, I remember I wasn't thrilled about it. Anybody ever remember the first time they got glasses? I wasn't thrilled about it because I was also the quarterback and I was also a linebacker. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to put my my glasses underneath my my football helmet? I didn't know how that was going to work. So I, I got these glasses, and, and, and I remember walking outside for the first time, and I was like, wow, who knew trees have leaves on them? <laughs> you seek the kingdom first, and you're going to find lenses you didn't even know existed. You will begin to see things that the world does not see. You will begin, some things, and I'll just tell you this, some things will break your heart a thousand times that you'll see. Because you'll be able to, certain things will just be different. But other things, you'll see opportunities. You'll see love where everybody else is missing it. You'll see what others don't see. But it has to be, you seek the kingdom first foremost and always and one of the primary places you have to do it is with your mind somebody say your mind flip over now to second corinthians chapter number 10 second corinthians easy to find it's right after first corinthians come on somebody second corinthians chapter number 10 thank you guys for the incredible attention this morning i really really sense really sense that very strong This is the Apostle Paul writing, okay? So he wrote this letter to the church at an area or a place called Corinth. This is a New Testament church. Everybody say New Testament. When somebody says New Testament church, that means a church that is uh, after the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That means in the New Testament, the New Testimony, the New Covenant. So effectively, it's like New Heights Church. So this letter could have been written to New Heights. So it'd be almost like second New Heights. Come on, somebody. Chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. You are still a person even when you get born again. You are still a human. Your feet are still on planet earth after you get born again. Unless a chariot of fire has already come and got you. Come on, somebody. But you do not war after the flesh. I like the New English translation. For though we live as human beings, we do not wage war according to human standards. Everybody say not cute, but effective. 
when you become a Christian and get serious about seeking the kingdom of God, you completely relinquish your right to be offended. And if you are a Christian and you live offended, you are not living kingdom. Because we do not war according to human standards. Human standards is you got over on me, I now have to get over on you. The kingdom says they got over on me, vengeance belongs to my dad, whatever. Vengeance is the Lord's. Kingdom standards is you hate me, excuse me, the world standards, you hate me, therefore I hate you. No. Kingdom standards is you hate me, but I love you anyway. The Bible says even heathens love the people that love them. So if you're a Christian and you only love the people that look like you, that smell like you, come on somebody, that talk like you, that go to the exact same kind of church that you go to, he says if that's, if, if that's the only kind of people you love, you are no different than somebody who's not born again in this area of your life. He said that's exactly how heathens act. Matter of fact, heathens are usually better friends to their friends than most than a lot of Christians I've seen are friends to their friends. I got heathen friends of mine right now that I could call right this very second and they would be here however however far away, however long the drive is, that's how long it would take them to get here if I told them I really needed them. I got Christian friends that I could call, and they'd say, oh, we'll pray for you. Don't need prayer. Need a strong back and a shovel. Come on, somebody. (laughs) So we do not wage war according to human standards. But we do wage war. But we have, to, we have to first go through the lens of the kingdom and how we're going to actually wage that war. Then whenever you begin to go through that lens and begin to get victory in the area of your mind, now all of a sudden your mind, which is not you, you are a spirit, but your mind, which then gets in, uh, uh, which then is put into a submissive state to you and the will of God. Now, all of a sudden, you begin to see the will of God come out of you and happen all around you because you got your mind under control by first seeking the kingdom with it instead of letting it just run off. Some of you have never lost an argument while you're driving in the car by yourself. Or in the shower. You think through what they said about you and you just roll it. Here's what I wish I'd have said in that moment. I could have told him this. You're driving in the car. I'll tell you this. I would have this. I would have that. I would have this. I would have this. I would have that. If they said that to me today, I'll tell you what. 
And your mind is just running roughshod all over the will of God. Because you can't have both. It's kingdom or world. It's flesh or righteousness. Those are the two. So if, if, if your mind is just running, running rampant and is never checked, and I'm going to tell you how to check it, then your mind is running the show and not your spirit. And your spirit already agrees with the Bible. Your mind has to be convinced or put into subjection. Those are the two options. Everybody say, not cute, but effective. So we walk in the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. That means I can't let my flesh have the, the, the privilege of a reflex. I have to get a new reflex. Oh, I'm sorry. I just ran off at the mouth there for a minute. That excuse is only, that excuse should only be valid until you hear what I just said to you this morning. Now it's not valid anymore. Doesn't mean that you won't slip up. Doesn't mean you won't mess up. Doesn't mean you don't give grace when somebody does mess up. All that. But we got to stop expecting ourselves to act like the world and start expecting yourself to act like the kingdom and then begin to move in that direction on a consistent basis and leave the doggone excuses aside. If you've said this if you've had the same excuse for 5 years that's not an excuse anymore that's a security blanket You've decided that's a part of your personality that you don't want to root out. And that is a limiter to what the kingdom of God will do through you. Doesn't mean God won't use you. It just means you'll never see the fullness of what he'll actually do. What he's actually wanting to do through you. Because he doesn't work through nastiness. He doesn't work through through bitterness. Here's one. He doesn't work through whining and complaining. I get so sick of Christians complaining. I'm, I, just, I, get, I get sick of it. We have some phenomenal uh, uh, ministers and counselors that a lot of times counsel people and, uh, through the church and whatnot. And we do a lot of um, reference and referral in that regard because I'm a teacher, preacher, pastor, and most people don't want to be counseled by me. They might think they want to be counseled by me, but they don't. Confess it, repent, and move the heck on. Oh, that didn't work for me. What you actually said when you said that didn't work is the blood of Jesus is insufficient in that area of my life. And I disagree with that. Is this making sense? Everybody say, not cute, but effective. Whatever you keep doing after the light has been shined on it, whether it's because you didn't want to fight it or because you chose not to fight it, You have accepted it. 
What you are is not what you have to be. And what you are, praise the Lord. I'm sure it's way better than what you were 10 years ago. Hopefully. Jake. (laughs) But we are not of the world. We are in the world. Let them fight it out. If you don't hear anything else I say today, let them fight it out. Become kingdom first. Become kingdom over everything. Become Jesus over everything. Become, become Jesus and, 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 and let everybody else have their frustrations. He says, he says, look, we live as human beings. Like we're not, it's not like we're not humans. But we don't wage war according to human standards. For the weapons, back to King James verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. However, or but, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not human weapons. But they are mighty or made powerful by God through God to tearing down for the purpose of tearing down strongholds. In other words, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. Your weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the, to the, uh, for the tearing down of strongholds. That word strongholds uh, can be translated to like positions of an argument. Agendas. In other words, our weapons tear down other people's arguments. Because... We are not willing to argue with them. We allow the sword of the spirit to do our work for us. What happens when that happens? The weapons of our warfare tear down or pull down these arguments. Do you know there's a lot of questions when it comes to the things of God. Until the power of God hits you between the eyes. Then you have answers for questions you didn't even know existed. Because our weapons are mighty through God. The power of God. Our weapons are mighty through God. There is not a stronger weapon on the planet than the love of God that can that can pierce somebody's heart and take the worst sinner imaginable, take the worst drug addict, the worst drug dealer, a murderer, anybody you can think of and pierce their heart and all of a sudden they become radically and infatuated with the things of God, the hand of God, totally enveloped in the love of God and you couldn't beat it out of them, beat it out of them if you tried for 10 years. Because our weapons destroy arguments. I've had, I've had, there have been people come to this church pronounced atheists. The reason they came here was to convince me how Jesus is not real. Come on, somebody. 
to sit in here and, and decide that they're going to convince themselves that the Holy Spirit is not real. I, I'm just going to go. I've had people come in. I honestly just came to make fun of you. I've had people say that to me. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. And then they sit here and we start reading that holy book. We start reading passages of that holy book and we might even hit one of those red letter pages. And all it doesn't may not happen the first time, may not happen the second time, but before you know it, all of a sudden something starts to break. And before you know it, the, 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 a moisture starts to come out of their eye and run down their cheek. And it wasn't my amazing ability to enunciate a thing. It wasn't your beautiful smiling face next to them. It wasn't the fact that our parking lot was perfect. It wasn't the fact that we had enough room for everybody. It was the fact that the Shekinah glory of God, the power of God, will destroy a stronghold. Because if you get to a place where you're going to a church just because you want to make fun of somebody, you've got a pretty strong position in that area. That's not a weak position. A weak position is let them go to church. I don't care. Go to church. Don't go to church. Whatever. But a strong position is I'm going into the den, baby, because this ought to be the hornet's nest for Christianity. They were walking into the lion's den talking about, I'm going to convince them how right I am and how wrong the book is and all this other stuff. That is a strong hold. That is a strong mind. So it's not going to be something that's going to be, they probably can argue against it better than you can argue for it. You need something special. You need the power of God. Because when the power of God hits you, You don't care what anybody says about you. And it tears down that place of argument and that stronghold. It changes every... I remember when I was in college, I had had a roommate. He lived in the room with me, actually. And and I had had three roommates, different roommates different times. But this time I had three roommates. And I had one roommate in in the room with me. And and man, he was a great guy. And we'd read the Bible together. We'd pray, stuff like that. But he was like, he was like, hey, man. I said, what? He goes, he goes, I always feel like you're trying to get me to speak in tongues. I said, why do you say that? He goes, he goes, I don't know, man, just like you always are. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, have I ever asked you? To speak in tongues? He said, no. I said, have I ever tried to talk you into it? Do it like this? Do it like that? No. I said, have I ever prayed for you and said, you know, receive tongues? Anything. He said, no. I said, well, then, I said, why are you saying this? I don't know, man. It's just how I feel. And I was like, "Uh, that's called conviction, homeboy. (laughs) He's like, no, man, no. I just, I know. So-and-so told me what y'all were like. So he told me what y'all were like. I said, what am I like? He goes, he goes, well, you know how you are. I said, well, how am I? He goes, he goes, well, you know, you just, you just always, you know, whatever, talking. I said, I said, you ever heard me speak in tongues like on campus, like to somebody that I'm witnessing to? He goes, no. I said, you ever heard me speak in tongues like on the phone to somebody, like when I'm ordering pizza or anything like that? He's like, no. I said, well, tell me, what am I like? 
He said, well, you know how you're like, you know, you know how y'all are. I'm like, how am I? He said, man, you're just, you're just all the time. I'm like, all the time, what? He goes, it's like you never turn it off. I said, bro, you're just bragging on me now. <laughs> so anyway, our life goes on. I graduate college, you graduate college, you go different ways. Maybe it's about six months later, he called me on the phone. He goes, man, I just got to tell you this. I said, what? And all of a sudden, he just starts screaming in tongues on the phone. I said, I said, what are you doing? He said, man, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, really? He said, you know what? It happened just like you said. <laughs> I said, yeah, man. I said, but let me tell you something. Well, I wasn't talking to him now. I'm just talking to you guys now. I didn't convince him of that. It's the power of God that tore down a strong argument. You hear what I'm saying? So if you're going to live this kingdom life and live in the arena, one of the first things going to happen is you're going to have to get, you're going to have to get your mind renewed. You're going to have to meta no way. Everything's going to have to change. It, it, can't, it can't stay the same and be different. You can't stay the same and be different. So the scripture says our weapons are mighty through God. Somebody say through God. Casting down imaginations. This is verse 5. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to go slow right there. Casting down imaginations. Where the King James says casting down, that's one word in the original translation. And it literally talks about violently or using force to pull down and destroy something. Imagination is the word uh, logismos, which means like your reasoning. So don't think imagination is like, like, uh, like pie in the sky. This is talking about casting down violently arresting and throwing to the ground and destroying thoughts that try to calculate something contrary to the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the Bible. Can we be real clear right there? The knowledge of God is the Bible. The revealed word of God is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the word. So what he's saying is... You have to violently throw down anything that starts to calculate that the Bible might be, might not work. And this is how you metanoe. This is how you get a new mind. This is how you get new thinking. You change how you think. Then you begin to change everything around you based off the fact that how you think in your heart is so is how you'll end up being. So you change how you think and everything begins to change. But it's not just changing like, okay, I think I'm smart. I think I'm smart. I think I'm smart. No, you can't just go pick a mantra. That's where the world missed it. The world took this idea 
and twisted it by not implying that the concept has to be the word of God, not just something that you want to think of. Because you are a full summation of what you think on all day long. If you think on your wife all day long, you'll never, ever, ever struggle with adultery. But if you let your mind run roughshod, even if you never step out, you may have never fully stepped in. Because your mind can go places that your body doesn't have to go for you to actually be there. You ever sat at dinner with somebody, but they're not there? Their, their body is there, but their mind is somewhere else. So what we have to do as kingdom people, kingdom first, here of the arena, in the fight, what we have to do is we have to violently arrest and throw down with an effort to destroy anything that exalts itself against the Bible. So when anybody starts talking marriage that's outside of the concept that Jesus, that the Word of God lays out of a husband and a wife, we're not here to throw rocks at anybody. Let them fight about legalities on the planet. We ain't even talking about legalities on the planet. I'm talking about in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. But anything that's contrary to that, you just got to say, no, he already told me that's what it is. And anything that I come up with or hear that is contrary to the book, I got to violently throw it down. Now, here's the other beautiful part of it. Jake, come stand up here for me. Stand right here for me, brother. So my job, just face the ground. My job is to take the thoughts that come in my mind and to grab them and to throw them down and to violently throw them down. Those that are contrary, my, my, my iPad, that's where I read my Bible, that are contrary to the Bible. That is what my job is to do. And that's a way that I begin to walk out the, the victory in the arena is to throw down. Not Imaginations is not just some mythical thing. It's that stuff that you're calculating and thinking on. You take it and you throw it down. Stop thinking about all the ways you could get Billy back. Stop thinking about all the ways that your cousin-in-law did you wrong. Stop worrying about that. Get it out of your head. But here's the beauty of it. I'm called to pull it out of my head. I am not called to reach over here and snatch it out of Jake's head and throw it down. That's where arguments start. My job is to come over here and pull them out. When they begin to show up in my head, boom, I'm not wrestling with that. I'm not even thinking about that. Get out of my head, boom, throw it to the ground. Now I'm thinking I'm meditating on God's word day and night and he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind has stayed on thee. I'm not walking over here, little bitty small thinking going, I got life figured out. Jake, you need my help. Let me go over here and pull it out. Now what I can do is I can live it in front of him. I can walk it out in front of him. And when my dishwasher breaks, I don't act like one of the legs on God's throne in heaven must have fallen off. And the whole kingdom of God is now in, in, in turmoil because my dishwasher broke or I got a flat tire or the boss comes in and says we're going to be having layoffs. Let me tell you something. The kingdom of heaven is not moved when your little situation feels moved. 
But if you got that in your head over here and you let it just sit there and germinate and grow, let me tell you what will happen. The devil will send somebody that's thinking like that, that's having that same stinking thinking, and those thoughts will somehow come together and then bam, and then all of a sudden you and Jake will be sitting there having all these thoughts because it doesn't take long. The Bible says where two or more gather, he is there. When two or more gather in that other stuff, some other stuff pops up too. But you can't be sitting there thinking this other way of life and acting like the kingdom's going to break out. you got to take the thinking that God said, apply it and protect it. And when something else begins to pop up, pop up. And then let God work on Jake. Let God work on your neighbor. Come on, somebody. Let God work on your brother-in-law. Come on, somebody. But if you're going to work this thing out and walk it out, and I'm talking about in fullness and victory, it's going to take a a change of a mind, a change of how you think. There's nothing more attractive to a complainer than a complainer. And there is nothing more caustic and awkward to a complainer when you won't engage. Well, you know, it's just tough serving the Lord I don't think so well you know what I mean I don't know at all what you mean I mean it it just gets real awkward real quick and I I don't want to be ugly I don't want to be arrogant I want to be sympathetic and all that other stuff but there's a day coming when you stop drinking milk I don't know about you but this is your Bible study I want some ribeye steak when I walk in this house. Come on, somebody. Did you receive anything this morning? Come on, give God a big hand of praise. Stand to your feet. Jacob, I'm going to get you to read us through our, 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 de- our declarations, if you would. But before we do, just bow your head and close your eyes. If, if you're in the room today, I want to know if you're right with God. Or maybe you're watching online. I want to know where you stand with the Lord. You say, you know what, I, I feel like I'm far from God and I need to get my life back to Him. I need to, I need to make amends. Or maybe you've never given it to Him. Maybe this, this message has challenged you and you go, I have sought other things more than I've sought His kingdom. And I want to repent today and I want to give my life back to Him full with vigor. I understand now a little bit more than I did when I walked in. If you would all please bow your head and close your eyes. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus today for the first time or give it back to him. When I count to three, lift your hand boldly. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Lift your hands. Lift them high. See that hand. I 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 see that hand. Does anybody else see that hand? God bless you. The whole church is going to help us pray this. Those of you who lifted your hands, we should pray this from the bottom of your heart. Say this, say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise. Those of you who prayed that prayer for the first time, for the first time in a long time, 
let us know about it at the blue desk. If you did it online, uh, make sure and send us a message. We want to help you live for God. We want to get you connected to our first touch team as well. That's the way we do ministry here at New Heights Church together. Uh, but listen, I enjoyed teaching. I'm going to ask Jake to lead us through our, our declarations today. Come on, give God another big hand clap of praise. Just lift one hand. 2021 is the year of the arena. I declare 2021 to be a year of health, and I will fight for it. I will see the word of God come to pass in my life because I am going to speak it and stand on it, come what may. I declare 2021 the year of Bible study, and I will fight off distractions to fill myself with the word of God. I will consume and digest the word of God, and when 2021 is over, I will be far more Bible literate than I am now. I declare 2021 the year of discipleship, and I will fight off all my insecurities to share what I do know with others. I am committed to helping others understand what I understand in the Bible, and I will discuss the scripture on a regular basis. I declare 2021 the year of the fire of God, and I am a carrier thereof. I am actively expecting miracles, signs, wonders, great moves of the Spirit of God. I am not ashamed of the supernatural power of God. Let's start and put our hands together right there with the fire of God. I declare 2021 the year of the arena, and I will fight the good fight of faith. I will see many come to Jesus and experience the freedom he offers, because I am going to be bold in sharing him. I am taking personal responsibility to bring no less than one person per month to New Heights Church. I am thankful that someone shared Jesus with me, and I will share Jesus with others. I declare it, I believe it, and I receive it in Jesus' name. Put your hands together. Father, bless your people coming in, going out in the city and the field this day and every day. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more hand clap of praise. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.